Welcome to Feed Me and Tell Me I'm Pretty, the podcast by two everyday women sharing their health and fitness journey, observations, frustrations, and curated content. Warning number one, there will be cursing and material not meant for children. I mean, it's barely meant for adults. Warning number two, we're not doctors or nutritionists or personal trainers or scientists or gurus. We're just regular folks like you. Always check with your physician before starting any new eating plan or exercise routine or spiritual journey. Let the awkwardness begin. Hi, I'm Hillary. And hi, I'm AJ. And today we're talking about, oh, I'm really excited for this one because I like terrible weather. We're talking about winter activities. You are so bizarre, but I too am happy for this one because I like to do things in the cool temperatures rather than turning into a blob of <laughs> fat and sweat on the sidewalk. I'm sorry if that was too graphic for you folks, but we'll edit that out. The facts. <laughs> and now I'm traumatized and I don't want to go on. <laughs> All right. Note to self, right. I maybe. <laughs> a blob of fat and sweat. Mm. I need mm. to work on my analogies, maybe. But you know, it's all right. It, it's um, it's very visual. And I think people, I think they got the picture. Definitely. Definitely. Whether they wanted it or not. <laughs> so we know that 2020, as we say, I don't know, a thousand times, has been a bit of a shit show. And a lot of people are looking for doing some activities uh, outside which as it gets colder, you know, if you're if you're not in the right mind frame can get a little harder to try to do. So we actually, because we live in a flyover state where it's winter, <laughs> winter for every month except August. Is that what we've decided? I think, yeah, we did some calculations and uh, consulted some scientists. And yes, we have winter and August. Yes, that's right. That's all you get. That's and you get and you like it. So you get one day of spring. <laughs> a month of August, a day of fall, then straight back to winter. Um, So to cope with that, we have, we've actually done some of the winter activities that we're going to be talking about. Yes. So first up on our list is uh, one of my favorites, which is cross-country skiing. Um, So basically cross-country skiing is a lot like downhill in that you've got skis. Huh? crazy. But instead of going down the hills, you're just going across the flat lands. One day we'll get video so you can see her awkward gestures. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. me pretending to be a seal. (laughs) They are both similar in that you strap two piece, two sticks to your foot, feet. And propel yourself in a direction. Yes. yes. So cross country skis are a little bit different than downhill in that they are longer and narrower cross-country or downhill skis, they basically made them like little snowboards now. So uh, cross-country skis are, there's different kinds. Yeah. Have you not seen the downhill skis? They're not as long anymore. I have not. It's been years since I went downhill skiing. That was, yeah, that was a a traumatic episode that maybe we'll get to, but yeah. Yep. I did it once when I was 11 and then I never did it again because I hated it. Agreed. (laughs) It's terrible. I don't know why people do it. Well, I almost killed my sister and I actually am fond of her. So that was pretty oh. traumatic for both of us. Uh, so um, I have done it a few times. And then I think I have not skied since um, the preempted homicide. So cross country skis, they, they, they are longer, narrower. Um, they come in, there's different kinds where you can go for more of groomed trails where, you know, people will actually go out kind of flatten down the snow and then you, sh- you swish along on that. 
Um, there are ones that are a little bit more for one day. Um, if you guys start to um, patronize us and maybe uh, throw a little money in our tip jar, we can afford sound effects. <laughs> swish, swish, swish. <laughs> it's on our it's on our it's on our want list for sure yeah. maybe for christmas it's on yeah, our we'll roadmap yeah Ooh. vision board do we have a vision board we should start a vision board i i do i made a vision board i you haven't seen it yet i, I was waiting for the the fall the winter planning session <laughs> how do you make it how do you make a vision board and i don't even get to see the vision board there are gaps you get a, you get a <laughs> a piece you get to put a picture somewhere i just fi- i just figured your graphic would be a um uh someone throwing the bird or double <laughs> deuce double birds okay <laughs> yeah you so. know me never mind you take care of it you, you okay. already know what i need and want <laughs> sorry for the interruption but you were saying the swish uh, anyway. swish of the, the cross-country swish, skis swish. yes so you can do it on groom trails or you can do it just in some of the more backcountry stuff that could be a little bit more powdery um it just kind of depends on the type, type of ski that you pick uh, it's, uh, was, we talked about, it's a incredible workout, the calories that you burn, not that you should do it for the calories, but you know, no. basically we exercise so we can eat more. I mean, that's kind of my, that's my reason. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why anybody else does it, but that's why. <laughs> but, and the other reason I do it, a lot of the exercise, stretching, flexibility, and all that other jazz is so that I don't um, wind up in one of those commercials of I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, see, I do the stretching and mobility so that if I drop a cookie on the floor, I can bend over and pick it up before the dog gets it. So it's kind of a goals. It's goals, goals and gains, kids, goals and gains. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. If you live in the Midwestern states, we're obviously not talking about you crazy kids that live in the southern areas or the the Californians or the the places where you don't get the fluffy white stuff. But for those of us who get significant snowfall in the wintertime, it's a good way to get out, enjoy a little nature, soak up a little outdoor fresh air, um, something that's really good to do social distancing wise, because you don't have to be anywhere around people. Um, yeah, it's a really good one. Come, you get your poles, you get your, you get your boots. Usually you have a special kind of boot because the boot likes downhill snaps into the bindings on the cross country ski and then away you go and you're out, out in the nature, enjoying it, feeling very (laughs) self-righteous, very like, (laughs) Perhaps you're in Vermont and, you know, this is part of that Christmas movie, A White Christmas, something like that. Yeah. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that we lean towards feeling better than other people. Yeah, so, there's uh, a, all, a yeah. definite pomposity. Ooh, <laughs> good word. Maybe we should make that our, our, our new doula. Maybe it should be pomposity. Let's go with it. Pomposity. <laughs> I'm not even sure if it is a word. Uh, sure please leave some comments on our Facebook, but we're going with it. So of the, the uh, winter activities that we're going to talk about today, cross-country skiing and the next one up, uh, snowshoeing, are the ones that do, in fact, if you are looking for uh, some um, activity where you burn a lot of calories. Those two are the the heavy hitters. And snowshoeing, uh, where you strap, um, as opposed to with cross country and other skiing, where you strap sticks <laughs> to your your feet. In snowshoeing, you strap tennis rackets you or do. something that looks just like a tennis racket, a big fat headed tennis racket to your feet. It weighs roughly seven thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And the idea is that that uh, the the spread 
of that racket across the st- snow will buoy you up or or lift you above the snow so you don't sink down. Yes. Um, it spreads out the density of your body. Oh, right. Go ahead. No, caveat to that. It's not what you, it may not be, what you, if you've never snowshoe before, it may not be what you think where you just traipse along the top of the snow and you don't fall down. You do definitely sink into the snow, just not as far as you would if you were not wearing tennis rackets that disperse your weight. So I don't want anybody to go out there, start and be like, these are broken (laughs) because I'm falling down into the snow and I have to pull my feet up. It's still a slog. And the reason that you burn roughly 80,000 calories per outing (laughs) is because- Those are legit figures, everybody. You look that up on the science (laughs) sites with the things- and the calculations. So those are, accurate. <laughs> uh, it's, it is hard work. It, both uh, cross country skiing can be a little bit quicker. Um, snowshoeing is a little bit more of a, you better be enjoying the outdoors and the nature that day. Cause you're not going real fast and you are, it's a, it's a slog. It's a bit of a slog. It, it is. It's a workout, but I enjoy it because we're out there in the cool weather. You get the snow-capped pines or the the trees and the the, the smell <laughs> the air, again with the, the sound effects of the air and so forth so i do enjoy that uh the workout that i get and it's good to be out in nature and uh that's always healthy for you yep there's all sorts of studies that talk about how important it is to get outside any time of the year because of yeah there's the vitamin d there's just the air, there's being out in nature, there's all kinds of health benefits, mental and physical. That's right. So that's one that you don't enjoy quite as much, maybe because it is such a little bit. We actually have with amongst our friends, we have a fun um, tradition where once a year we go snowshoeing. So as to remind ourselves how much we do not enjoy snowshoeing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And I do it a little bit more often. I, um, every now and then I, I get lucky to get enough snowfall, um, like two to three feet of snow around my house. Um, and, and I can go out with the dogs. The dogs don't have the benefit of snowshoes. So they sink into the snow like weights, but they love it. They, they leap around and try to bite the snow. And then I just usually, um, uh, step along, floating above the snow. It's <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop making that noise. <clears throat> yeah, stop shaking your head and rolling your eyes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I do enjoy it. So now, talking about uh, equipment for snowshoeing, you get your snowshoes, um, which are you have to be honest with your weight on snowshoes. Snowshoes um, and cross country skis, both. You have to be yeah. that. That's actually how they determine how long your skis are and what size snowshoes that you need is based on your weight. So. Yeah, so that they can distribute your weight. Because so, what happens if you're a woman who happens to um, not tell the truth about her weight, all of us, um, <laughs> and you tell them you're like 100 pounds, 50 pounds lighter than you are, you're going to strap on shoes that will fit your feet, but won't distribute your weight well. So you will still sink into the snow. Like it will stone. be an unpleasant experience. Yes. So, so um, have a little come to Jesus meeting with yourself. <laughs> Recognize what weight you're at. And then pick your pick your pick your skis and your shoes accordingly. Now, for these two, we were going to stop and talk about the equipment again. So, oh, I didn't finish with the uh, snowshoeing. So, you need the snowshoes, and it's a really good idea to have gaiters. And what gaiters are is this: it looks uh, like uh, the bottom half of a pair of uh, snow pants. Basically, you put it on 
uh, and then you put your foot into your boot and you can, you don't need special shoes for snowshoeing, although something that's waterproof mm-hmm. and uh, warm for your foot yep. is, is I use my hiking boots usually. And you probably want um, something that comes up a little, like a little bit higher on your leg. You don't want to necessarily a low, a lower hiking boot because some right, of the snow exactly. can get kicked in there. Um, yeah. Depending on what, if you have gaiters or if you're just using snow pants. So, yeah. Cause yeah, I have um, low, like you said, the low um, hiking shoes or trail shoes, um, that are waterproof and warm, but they would not protect me from snow getting down into my a- ankles and toes. So you want to wear a, at least a, a boot uh, when you go out, uh, just a hiking boot or a higher boot, like uh, Hillary said. And then you you put the uh, gaiter, you put on your nice warm uh, socks, and uh, then you put on your gaiter and you slip your foot into your shoe. Is that the right order? No, the gaiters go outside the shoe. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's a, there's you, a pair that you can get for the inside and then there's, yeah, socks, I never shoe, use those. Yep. Sock shoe, then your gator over it, then your gator. And snap into your, or lock in or however, depending on the binding for your snowshoe, however your yeah. foot slips into that. So. Yeah, that's right. Your gator does go over your pants, however, so yeah. that it doesn't, you don't get uh, as much snow down into your boot um, that you have on so that it protects the lower, your lower extremities from uh, snow getting in there. So, um, other oh, than poles. your some people do poles, poles when they snowshoe. Not everybody does it. Um, right. Definitely for cross country skiing, but not everybody. Some people don't like them because it's just one more thing you got to kind of maneuver. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like a, a good pole. Don't go there, Hillary. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> because Tyler, you can use it. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> hey, and I forgot the safe word already. Safe word. I'm just gonna shout safe word at you. Impossity. <laughs> Pomposity, um, but you can use that pole to check the depth of the snow, which shouldn't matter if you've got on snowshoes or whatever, but um, just in case. Yeah. And don't take off your uh, snowshoes and then step off the trail because you're going to live there until spring. That's just a little pro tip. <laughs> a pro tip and a personal experience <laughs> for moi. Because the first, I think, it, I don't know if it was the first time or the second time I went out snowshoeing. And I thought, you know, I'm just, we're just stepping over this snow. It's, it's not that deep. It's just, you know, like a couple inches. Okay. I'll give you six inches of snow. It's not a big deal. I could just do this with my gaiters and my hiking boots. So like an idiot, I stepped off the trail and started to take my, and took my, uh, my, uh, while I was on the trail, the snowpack, it took my snowshoes off and it stepped off the trail and I was chest deep in snow, <laughs> like something in a cartoon going, a little help, a little help here. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right. I may have made a, a mistake. <laughs> I might've made a minor miscalculation. Can you please give me a hand? <laughs> All my friends had to try and wedge me out of a hole of snow. So yeah, that's a life story there. <laughs> And have good friends. Uh, that's another yeah. point we wanted to make. Have good friends along with you because they might need to pull you out of your own <laughs> stupidity. Out of a, a that's just a, a good life hole. tip in general. You know, have good friends because <laughs> yes. you never know when they might need to pull you out of a hole of your own stupidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now it could sound like it it would might be expensive to try this, but places will rent equipment. A lot of mm-hmm. um, sports stores will rent you equipment for the day or for a weekend so that you can yep. try it out like for 20 bucks a day or something like that. Yeah. And then some of the uh, park service uh, areas will have uh, snow activity family days and, and things like that where they, I think you have to give them your license or something they have free use of the equipment um yeah so you get to try them out basically so you can try before you buy 
Because you always want to do, you always want to do that no matter what activity you start. Try before you buy, you know, give it a whirl, see if it's for you, if you like it or not. Don't just assume that you're going to, you know, go out there and become a a snowshoeing legend or something like that and and that you hate it. So yeah, yeah, try before you buy. Yeah. And I, I think I tried one time and I said, this is the most fun ever. This is the funnest thing I ever do, did. And I, I, I loved you, Hillary, and um, some of my other friends. I don't know if it was twice, but off to Frisco, Colorado for their yes. annual mm-hmm. <laughs> fundraising for um, breast cancer uh, snowshoe um, walk. It was fun. It- I mean... You know, you quit about 20 feet in both times. And I did have not break. quit. I did the okay. whole thing. You paused for an extended period of time. Did I? I don't, how come yeah, I never yeah. remember things like this? I don't know. I remember a lot of a go on and save yourself kind of thing. Happening. Okay. Yeah. That's my standard. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. Now I remember. I remember. But I always come in so far behind you guys. You guys are have much better endurance and cardiovascular health than me. So I, uh, and I like to take, it's not so much I like to take my time. I need to take my time and not die. <laughs> so, That's fair. That's fair. And anytime we go with a couple of our friends, all of our activities turn into a death march to get done. So there's not really a lot of enjoying the scenery or taking it in or, you know, really being in the moment. It's just the, we have started this. We are type A personalities. We are going to get this done. Yeah. I'm in the back going, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that ridge had that kind of dip. That's a pretty picture. Oh my, look at the tree. I never thought that would. (laughs) They're gone. They're already back at the car. Yeah. Yeah, Next time we'll have to probably do two vehicles. (laughs) It's so a good idea. Maybe I can get an Uber back to the hotel. You know, when the last time we went, Uber wasn't a thing, and now it's a thing. I, yeah, I bet yeah. now we could. Now we could do that. Now it works out better. So now, yeah. So we're gonna do this again this year, then probably. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's well let's put a pin in that. We'll come back. Okay. All right. So let's go back to equipment. Anyway, try before Don't, you buy. Try before yeah. you buy. Don't spend all that money. And so yes. those are two. Oh, and the other thing we're gonna say we mentioned the friends and family. I would say in my experience, um, especially at least the first couple times you go out snowshoeing and also cross-country skiing, not something you want to do with a boyfriend or a mate because you might take off whatever the equipment is and beat each other to death. You might. You might. It's better for, it's more of a family outing or a friend's outing yes. where you're less likely to turn into a not awesome version of yourself and murder your significant other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also make sure... If you do decide to try it with your significant other, that you both have very clear expectations about what's about to happen (laughs) and you know how things, you know, just, you know, just, yeah, just just know, just know, you know, be be very clear in your communications with each other about what's about to go down and the pitfalls (laughs) and some of that sort of stuff. Okay. Now I have to stop. You were making it sound like a thing where you have to make sure you have your will and your, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you you have to have a divorce lawyer on speed dial or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it, it could cause unnecessary friction. If you're not very clear up front as to the activity you're about to embark on. That's all I'm saying. Yes, there's, it it is physically, even for athletes, the athletes that I um, know of the first few times they go out on the the snowshoeing, um, they are surprised by how tired they are, how winded they are sooner than when they're jogging or running just on flat land or even on a trail. 
by uh, because it is a lot of uh, work for your body to move through the the additional oh, yeah. friction or uh, which the is snow a great pro- which is a great another pro tip pace yourself. You may yes. think that you're going to get on, you're going to slap these things on and go five miles out and five miles back. Cause that's what you're used to doing as a hiker, a walker, whatever. I'm going to say you will not do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you are a, a, a specimen in peak physical condition, maybe you can do that. If you are an average person, you may find a half a mile out and a half a mile back is more than enough to get that heart rate up and make you see Jesus and possibly <laughs> want to cross over to the other side. So just beware. It's again, it is, it's a physical exertion. So I like it. So we were going to go on to, I think, fat biking. Yes. So that's another activity uh, that you can try. So in the last, oh, I don't know, maybe five to 10 years, fat biking has become a thing. Uh, that's, that's actually one of the phrases that they use. Fat bikes are a thing. So fat bikes, <laughs> we talked a little bit about this maybe on our bike episode. Uh, fat bikes are kind of souped up mountain bikes that have fat tires. So they've basically taken the treads and they make them look almost like little miniature motorcycle tires. Sometimes they're bigger than motorcycle tires. And the idea is that you go out uh, usually on uh, groomed trails. So uh, I made the mistake. As and I recently brought fat bikes, we had some snow in October, which was early, but I got really excited because I wanted to try the fat bikes. Um, yeah, you definitely want to do a groomed trail. It is not it's not a powder buster. You're not going to go out there and just be flying through the snow with, with, Ooh, with flakes just popping up all over. No, you definitely want that packed down a little bit uh, unless you want to taste blood and perhaps uh, <laughs> see life on the other side. Anyway, uh, so fat biking, usually groom trails. Uh, you go out there and you just kind of bike around. Again, you're going to want to not, you're going to want to pace yourself. It's not like a typical, maybe a mountain biker biking around the bike path. Uh, you may not get, you're definitely... Now you're not going to get as many miles. I don't even care. Even if you're a biker, I mean, there's crazy people, bikers that bike 60 miles or whatever, but, uh, you're going to, it's going to be a much shorter bike ride probably. And you're going to work a little bit harder, but it's a really fun way to get out. Uh, especially if you love to ride your bike, to be able to ride your bike almost 365 days of the year. So, um, fat bikes are a little bit more expensive depending on what you get for, then you would maybe a typical bike, they, um, but you can also, again, you can try them. And then like we'll talk about ways when it comes to buying stuff. There's, you know, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, uh, garage sales. A lot of the bike shops will have secondhand bikes that you can buy. So if it is something that you try and you find that you really enjoy, there's ways to get in at a price point that maybe is a little bit more reasonable than just going out and buying, spending, I don't know, a few grand on a brand new bike. So, but yeah, that's just another way to Get out there and roll some fatties, not in the way that you would think. <laughs> You've been waiting to throw that down. Yeah. <laughs> I like to I like to bust it out whenever I can. <laughs> so yeah, that's fat biking. Um oh, we forgot we forgot a fun one for the for everybody, the sledding. Oh yeah, that is fun. We've both done the sledding. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's video evidence of both of us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should post that or maybe not. I don't know. There's a really good one of you sliding down the hill and saying all kinds of curse words in your fur rabbit hat. It's I'm going to drag that up. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> but sledding is fun for the whole family. Um, we do it as a girlfriend outing. Um, mm-hmm. we each take our sleds or whatever, or tubes or whatever, and, and trek. And it is, it's not it's as, 
Um, it is a good, it's good exercise, but it's not as much as the cross country skiing, not as exerting. What's the word? It is not as strenuous, strenuous as those, yeah. um, the most, um, exertion that you, the most work you have to do is climbing up the hill with your sled, uh, behind you, which it glides up the snow. And then, yeah. so that's just climbing up the hill is the work. And then it's all free fall sliding down like when you were a kid it is it is great fun of course it's a great family activity too but it's fun for the girlfriends oh for sure well you know we should try i wonder if we tried it next time with the snowshoes for the climbing up of the mountain and then the going down if it would be slightly less exertion than interesting you know strap the strap the snowshoes to your back and down you go there again those are stellar sound effects y'all are welcome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there's all kinds of other uh, winter activities that you and your friends and family can enjoy. There's snow tubing. I've done that. Uh, that's usually, a blast. Yeah, yeah that is so much fast. fun. Um, Ooh, can, and then there's the new ones we were going to talk about that are the, we neither of us have tried them. We've just seen them. It's yeah. the cross between the snowshoes and the cross country skis. They're kind of, they're called backcountry trekkers. <clears throat> so they look like a shorter cross country ski almost like a downhill ski, a little bit wider, and they are mostly for powder. So not as much from my research that I've seen, it isn't as much a groomed trail, but just actually going out into the backcountry, kind of breaking some trail, Oh, maybe in amongst the trees where it would be harder to maneuver a cross-country ski, but not but a little bit faster than the slog of the snowshoes. So hmm. we are going to, we've got a place in town that rents them. So we're going to look at that this winter uh, once we get some suitable snow give it a whirl and give you guys our, uh, our review on the trekkers if they're, cause they're a little expensive. They're what I say about four fifty, four sixty, And that's before you even put bindings on them, but, um, Good they do gravy. look like they're the same. You don't have to have the, uh, a special kind of boot. So much like the snowshoes you can just wear whatever. Um, but yeah, it sounds like something that might be maybe a little faster than the cross country skiing so that I will, don't want to die at the pace and, uh, something that's, a little bit more maneuverable than cross-country skiing, which is something that can get a little hard once you're kind of locked in there. Long skis, and it's hard to kind of get out of that. So, But anyway, yeah. so watch for information on that. And if any of you have tried the backcountry trekkers and have a, have a story to tell us, drop it in the comments or leave a, leave, a, leave a comment on our blog post that will go with this episode. Yeah. So those are some of the things we've tried and some of the things we haven't tried for enjoying winter weather and getting outdoors. Um, one thing that we want to uh, talk about is about the gear mm-hmm. for uh, these winter activities. Um, and the watchword is kind of to dress for excess in terms mm-hmm. of excess exertion, excess sweat, because you are getting a good workout And so you want to buy uh, clothing or uh, pull out clothing that is made for uh, performance gear or wicking. Yep. You want wicking. Definitely. You want layers. Layers are your friend because you're going to start out a little bit chilly and then you're going to get to get moving and you're going to start sweating and you're going to want to be peeling things off of you that you can shove in a bag or tie around your waist or something like that. So layer up, which is a good time to talk about. Let's talk about layers. Let's talk about base layers and such. Yes, please. Yes. Yes. Uh, basically three different types of layering. You got like uh, real thin, the very like, usually these are the least expensive of the layers. They come in different types of materials. Some of them are a polyester. Some of them are a wool blend. Um, and the whole idea of that very base layer, I would almost say is 
it's probably about the most important layer because that is what is going to pull the sweat off of you and wick it away from your skin so that you are not becoming human soup in your clothing because nobody wants that. This is where moisture management is the first consideration. What are you you reading? (laughs) I just thought that was an excellent way to put it. Moisture (laughs) management. It does sound bad. Okay. Pomposity. I'm calling pomposity out myself, but you do want to look for high quality synthetic fabrics, or if you do go natural, the wool, the uh, good thin wool. Um, Most of the people- yeah, Mer- a good Merino. Merino? I think it's Merino. It's M-E-R-I-N-O. But anyway, <laughs> most of the people that I know of who, when I mentioned winter activities, they shudder and, and just run away. They have had an experience like myself, where the first time I went out to do some winter activity, um, I dressed for winter. I put on the heavy, I had on some long johns and I put on the pants and then I had some snow pants that I bought on a clearance somewhere. And then I put on a good heavy sweater and a turtleneck. And then I had a nice hat, like my <laughs> a good, nice uh, winter hat and the gloves and the winter coat. And I almost died of heat stroke. So yeah. speaking of being a blob of, what was it? Fat and sweat. Let's not go with pomposity. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yes, if you overdress for the conditions, even though it's cold outside, you're going to die. Yeah, it's yeah. it's bad. You will be so miserable and so hot and terrible. And then you will take everything off and then the cold air will hit you and then you'll get hypothermia. Yes. <laughs> so it's really it's, important. It's a, a recipe for a bad experience and perhaps a life-threatening one. And this yes. is where those layers come back in the call because you'll have layers of unco- being uncomfortable. You'll get hot and sweaty and then the sweat will get cold and you'll mm-hmm. get the chills, which can cause you to get sick okay. and yeah. And uh, yeah, it'll be, oh, and itchy. Don't forget itchy. Oh yeah. Make sure if you do go with, yeah, if you do go, whatever material you pick, make sure that you don't have allergic reaction to it, especially it seems like wool and then some of the natural fibers. Um, I would say if at all possible, try to avoid anything with cotton in it because cotton as far as performance does not work very well. It's not your friend out there. No, like what do they call it? Cotton is rotten. Yeah, it is not. (laughs) It's not for performance stuff. Very, very rarely is this cotton, either socks or base layers or any of that stuff doesn't work very well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's usually like a, there's a, a real thin layers and they come in different, different um, weights. So you can do really thin. Then there's usually a, a medium layer, like a, a mid weight. And then there's a heavy weight. So you've got to kind of have to gauge your own temperature and then the temperature outside. I honestly, I'm always happy with real thin base layer, like a fleece or something as a, as a mid layer over that. And then something that breaks the wind as a top layer. Like that seems to be about for me kind of ideal, unless it's really, really cold outside or it's above freezing. If it's above freezing, you're going to get, you're going to get, even if it's 33 degrees, you're going to get warm in a hurry. So, um, but yeah, I'd say about three layers for me generally is about the, the sweet spot when it comes to those sort of stuff. Yeah, I think that's the standard. And I think the National um, Park Service has some recommendations or it might have been the the, uh, the the ski council. And we'll link to that on yeah. our uh, blog. But yeah, that that wicking layer and then that insulating layer and then your cold weather layer. And um, I when I was um, shopping for things, I would come across these winter coats, these this, the outer shell, basically, that protects you from the elements with They'd have like holes under the armpit. I'm like, what? I mean, 
They weren't, and I knew they were not like tears or rips because they were, they had uh, rivets in them. So they were, they were intentional holes. And I'm like, how the heck is that going to protect me from the cold Arctic winds off of Lake Michigan? This is ridiculous. Um, But uh, the first time I went out, I was like, you know what? Those holes would have been come in handy with uh, letting some of this. The venting. The the vapor. The venting. So yes. those are some watchwords. And if you're taking your kids out and you want them to have an enjoyable time, you do want to make sure that they are comfortable. Um, so yeah. they, and they make all this stuff for kids as well. And you can get it um, on Amazon. You can get it on clearance on uh, different places. Yeah. And that's a good thing about price point because some of this, especially the performance outdoor stuff gets really expensive and it can get expensive in a hurry. Um, but there are ways always, which I just think is a good rule of thumb. Don't go cheap on it if you don't have to. Buy the most expensive and the best brand. Do your research, you know, check the reviews, but buy the brand and, and the the outdoor gear, the best that you can afford, basically. Right. You know, uh, Walmart and Target, they may have some stuff that's labeled as performance and it may do all right, but it's probably not going to last you as long. Um, you may get a season or two out of it and then you're going to have to re-up. So you may think that you're saving money in the in, uh, it, you may save money in the short term, but in the long run, if you're having to replace it year after year, it's kind of a waste. So, yeah. But on the other hand, if this is your first time or the first time for your family, some of that uh, lower price point stuff that might not last as long could be your gateway stuff. You can yeah. use that uh, this winter, check it out, see if the family or like you and uh, your friends enjoy it. And then if you do, then of course, my favorite time of year is post to shop is post season for whatever uh, gear it is. So then back in, in February, March, you can get the uh, higher end uh, materials and things on clearance. So. Yay! Our favorite Yay. designer on sale. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's sort of the the upper the upper portion for lower stuff. Um, you will want uh, a windproof pant as much as possible. Um, yes. And you know it's going to kind of depend on your preference. You might think that you want to do like hardcore like snow pants with. And even like the bibs and stuff like that, you might see snowmobiling or, or downhill skiing, um, that can work. Although it does, if the thicker you get it, the more it hinders your movements and your ability to actually, you know, like get going. So, um, I, we, and we'll talk about a little bit more brands, but I have found there's an Eddie Bauer pant that has fleece on the inside and then it's windproof on the outside and it's, it's very flexible. So it's not as hardcore, it's not as stiff and it's really, really great for all kinds of winter activities. Um, so, so look at that, look at the movement that you can make in there. If you're just going for an outer wind pant, you can always do like long johns on the bottom, something, something that's again, going to wick away the sweat and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think about a two layer on the bottom for the kind of your base layer, your base, uh, long underwear, basically kind of thing. And then a windproof outer layer. I think that would be, I think that's about the most comfortable for majority of folks, but yeah. Yeah. I do want to share one college kid trick that I used um, the first time that I went out because I did not have, I think it was the first time I went downhill skiing. I did not, and I was not prepared to invest in snow pants and whatnot. And someone told me the trick where you get uh, your heavyweight jeans, your winter weight jeans, put your jeans on um, or before you put them on, but uh, you spray them with uh, 
oh, what do you call it? Waterproofing, weatherproofing oh. that you put on <laughs> your shoes work? normally. It works. It no gives way. You, it totally works. You take your jeans, not while you're wearing them, obviously, and maybe in a place that's well ventilated, but you spray the heck out of them a couple of layers with your weatherproofing that you'd normally put on your shoes. And that will work for, I think it, until it, you get too wet from the inside going out and the oh, yes. outside going in. So it works for a couple of good hours. So it's, That's it's actually, not bad, it's, actually it's, it's a good hack. So and, yeah. And honestly, like if you're just going to go out for the first time and, and give it a whirl, it's probably way easier and cheaper to buy a can of weatherproofing than it is to buy new pants. So exactly. Exactly. Nice hack. I like it. I like it. So, um, okay. So, oh, socks and shoes. That's another one, like having good socks. That's really important to do too. We talked a little bit about the shoes, making sure that you have, depending on your activity, the right kind of shoes, usually a little bit of a higher boot. So you're not getting snow back in there. So Uh, I'm going to interrupt you because I'm curious when you say higher, I always think that as long as the boot is ankle high, but you have boots that, I mean, I know they make higher ones, but I, you know, I, so I've not had good luck with ankle high boots because I, I I don't wear gaiters. I I just have snow pants. Oh, I see. So I don't wear the gaiters. Um, you know, if you got gators and you're probably fine, if you're just going to wear the snow pants, like I do, um, I go for a boot that's probably eh, not mid calf. It probably comes about four inches above my ankle. Okay. And then that just keeps the snow. It's a snow boot that I have. Um, and okay. Snow a out. snow boot, yeah. a good snow yeah. boot. Yeah. And I've got some snow boots that I've used, uh, that go a little bit higher. I've got a, a Joan of Arc pair that, that work pretty good. Yeah. And I think I've got like a keen or something like that. That was mm. again, on sale, favorite brand, you know, favorite designer. Um, but yeah, get your socks, make sure your socks are also wicking. You don't generally want something too thick. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, I want thick, heavy socks. Um, but again, you're going to get your feet might get too hot. Um, you want something uh, like a midweight one where you've got some cushioning because it's possible that your, your skin and your feet will rub as you move along. Yes. So you that's want something important. that's a little bit of a cushion, uh, but also something that's going to wick. So yeah, I would say about a mid, uh, midweight kind of sock. Um, and there's, that's, that's actually a good one for, I, I know Amazon people are, they have their own, their own views on Amazon as, as do I, but a lot of times if you want to try a sock, that's a good place to do it. Cause you get them fairly inexpensive and there's all kinds of brands to do that, to see what you like. So you can kind of find, you know, yeah. that the, the, the right one for you. Um, I would say bring along like the moleskin stuff that goes. So if you find that you've got a spot that does rub, you can always put like a, something over that. So you don't end up with a really nasty blister. So we had a friend that accompanied us on one of the, the, uh, outings to Frisco, Colorado and ended up with a blister that took several months to heal because basically she wore her skin down to nothing. So yeah, well, skin's always a good one to have on hand for those kinds of activities. Yeah. You mentioned Eddie Bauer. We, Another good brand um, that is, I think it makes sizes for the entire span of human, like, especially those of us in the Midwest who are a little bit more stout <laughs> and proud like thicker of Thicker in places. A little, a little, a little thicker, thicker, but still stylish and comfortable and really good quality is Duluth. Um, yes. D-U-L-U-T-H, because I know I have a little bit of a lisp. Duluth. A lisp. Duluth. Duluth. Sometimes. Don't make fun of my lisp. <laughs> no, Duluth is a great brand and uh, yeah. they make some good high quality performance uh, gear and uh, winter weight gear and different layers that mm-hmm. you can use and all the sizes so you don't uh, have to be limited. Yeah. They have a good sale, online sale, if you're on their mailing list from time to time. 
Oh yeah, we get those too. Yep. And then and I like their marketing as well. It's pretty it's it's very Midwestern. Uh so for those of us we we feel like we feel like we get them. Uh good stuff, good branding, um sales. Some of this stuff can get a little, little spendy, but if you watch for the sales, uh, you can get some pretty good deals, which is also true of Eddie Bauer. Um we found, I mean, that makes me a total basic bitch, I think, but that's all right. I'm going to I'm going to embrace that label. <laughs> and I don't know, the stuff is is about as good as you would get with a, a Patagonia, a higher end brand, um, oh, yeah. but it lasts, it lasts as long. Um, they also have lots of good deals throughout the year. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an Eddie Bauer whore. I'm not going <laughs> to, any of the Eddie Bauer people are listening and you want to sponsor us. Yes. I mean, we are not at all opposed to that. We are for sale. We are for sale. <laughs> the show is for sale. <laughs> we have a low Everything else point. is negotiable. <laughs> I and I do like uh, Lands End and Columbia, and there's a couple of good stores around the U.S. that have uh, clearance. Uh, their uh, factory outlets are actually legit factory outlets, so you can get some great deals. And post season, you can do some. Cl- you can clean up basically. Clean up, yep. And do and you know watch watch your your Facebook marketplaces, your Craigslist. Um, watch go to garage sales if you're looking for that sort of stuff because a lot of that. T- things, you know, people have tried it, figured out that it was not for them and then decided that they were going to get rid of it. So, um, yeah, it's a good way to get into stuff, uh, without having to break ye old bank. So, um, oh, and one of the things too, is that when it comes to the fit of the clothing that you're wearing, a lot of times you're going to want it a little bit snugger. Um, not good point, not uncomfortably snug, but a little bit more close fitting than you might, than you might do with some of your normal just workout gear as far as like you know, doing yoga or doing weight training or whatever, because as you, uh, yeah, I don't know what the weather's doing right now. It's sleeting. Hey, you know, speaking of bad weather, I think we might be able to get out there and get into some because, oh my God. I don't yeah. Know we got, sorry. We were both distracted by giant flakes and, and rain sleet and rain and, and all wind. the things. Ugh, it's like a nor'easter out there. It's that up. <laughs> In the middle of a, a landlocked state. It, it's exactly. There's a noise. I don't even know. Pause. <laughs> oh, climate change. You're such a bitch. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You want things a little snugger because as you work out and move, um, you're going to find that things loosen up as you sweat. And sometimes, especially with pants, uh, they tend to fall down. So, um, or they get a little bit loose and you spend a lot of your time walking along, pulling up your pants. So oh, yeah. that's a, a little thing. bit, you don't, you don't want them cutting you in half and you don't want it so that they're hindering your movements but you want them a little bit more snug than you might usually go for when it comes to the terms of the workout. Yeah. And then, you know, for people like me, I normally would buy a little, a size larger because I like to shroud my figure, but I learned my lesson there. Uh, shroud, but flatter. Oh, <laughs> my voluptuous that? figure. But, you got uh, curves, curves for days. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, for the performance where you do want to have figure hugging things yeah. because the it the way it does the the moisture management or wicking it needs to touch your body to uh, pull the the moisture away the, well this sounds dirty now okay great. it does <laughs> i'm sorry and i know some people have a word a, a thing with one of those words which i've never understood <laughs> i think it's just moist i think that's the one that kind of gets oh me. we just lost two of our 12 listeners oh, just damn. now Thanks this a is lot, cake. Hillary. I mean, I know, but just think about cake. Every time you hear that word, just think about cake. You don't want dry cake. You want, you know, the other kind of cake. Anyway, <laughs> yes. We thought of it that way, but yes, I do like the other kind of cake. My preference is always for the other kind. 
Okay, let's right. let's reel it in. Pomposity, it in. pomposity, pomposity. <laughs> okay. All right. So and that- our, fi- our our final note is about the reason we talked about the reason we do all of this is to eat more. But uh, there's also you get done. You've gone out. You have been you have been so self righteous. You've been so much better than everybody else in the world because you have tackled the elements. You have embraced your inner athlete. You have ma- mountain woman demanded up out yeah, there. Yeah, good gracious. Yeah. You are inspiring me. <laughs> I know. And then you come home and you eat a lot of food and you also get to drink. So yes, you drink all the schnapps. <laughs> you drink all the schnapses, all the toddies, all of the hot drinks to reward yourself. Um, as such, we're going to, we're going to put a, a drink recipe for a hot toddy in the, in the blog. So um, it's just a good way to reward yourself and feel extra extra virtuous, which who doesn't like that after they've done some kind of activity. Exactly. So, so to sum it all up, pace yourself, know and respect your limits. Uh, this try it out with fr- friends and family, not, <laughs> not significant others, others, at least not, not at first. No. Uh, try before you buy on the equipment, uh, look for sales. And um, I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Get out Give there, try. enjoy out there. nature, even Give in the winter. Try. Yeah, there's no reason. Winter for a lot of us lasts forever. Ain't no reason you can't get out there and find some enjoyment of it. What's that quote? If uh, if you hate snow, uh, when it snows, you're going to have the same amount of snow, but you'll just be unhappy. So that's not how that quote goes. It's actually a lot catchier. But anyway, <laughs> okay, I was gonna that was say, terrible. I should have put up. that witticism together. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> wow. <Let's stop> now. <laughs> that was not pithy <laughs> at all. All um, right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at F-M-A-T-M-I-P. Say it with me, F-M-A-T-M-I-P. Subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening.